0: Welcome to the 17th episode of the About IBD podcast. I'm your host, Amber Tresca. I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis in 1989 when I was 16 years old, and at 26 in 1999, I underwent two-step J-pouch surgery. I'm currently a content creator at verywell.com for digestive diseases, including inflammatory bowel disease. My guest on this episode is Jamie Weinstein, Jamie writes about her Crohn's disease at Pretty Rotten Guts, and she also does a video blog on YouTube called Chronicles. Jamie recently got engaged. Yay! We're so excited! The only thing is, she had to go shopping for a wedding dress. When you have inflammatory bowel disease, shopping is not all it's cracked up to be. Jamie explains what she went through at two different dress shops and we talk about how her body image has impacted what should be a happy time in her life. At the end of the episode, we give some tips on what brides can look for in a wedding dress if they have IBD and some of the things that they can do to make their day a lot easier when it comes to getting in and out of that dress in a hurry. So without any more preamble here is jamie weinstein of pretty rotten guts and chronicles telling us about how body image has affected her shopping for her perfect wedding dress So Jamie, thanks for sitting with me here at Crohn's and Colitis Congress. The first Crohn's and Colitis Congress in Las Vegas. My first trip to Las Vegas, not yours though.
1: No. no. That's an interesting story. My last trip, my plane almost crashed. Really? It was emergency landing, yeah. And I had a car accident 10 days before that. 10 days before that, my boyfriend died. It was, it was an interesting time of life. Oh my gosh. So this is my first trip back here since, since then. Since all of that. Yeah.
0: So that's, wow. That's a whole other subject.
1: My life is a book waiting to be it's written by someone else. I know, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can I be your ghostwriter? Yeah, I don't have please. any problem with that. <laughs> um, but I wonder if you could just real quick take us through your disease journey, mm-hmm. so that we have an understanding of where you're coming from. Sure. Because I want to talk to you about body image yes. and what. You've gone through in regards to dress shopping for your upcoming wedding and your thoughts on
1: that? With my fiance. Um, With your fiance, yes. <laughs> so, I was always a sick kid. I was never the biggest in my class. I was never the shortest in my class until I was, which is one of those things when people say it, they're like, well, oh, that sounds weird, but it's true. Like, I was always average or a little bit above average until I really started getting sick and then I started falling behind the curve. And I've seen medical documents from my childhood on where my doctor notated that my growth wasn't where he wanted it to be, but it was never addressed. I was sent to a nutritionist once and she brought it up to both me and my mother when I was maybe 13, 14, Um, but then she told me to eat salads. Now I was not overweight then. And I shouldn't have been because I was always in the bathroom as a, a young teen. When this disease progressed in my teenage years to the point where it was affecting me going to high school, and I was probably at my lowest at five feet and I was a size zero in homecoming dresses. So in regular size clothing, I was probably even smaller. And at that point, I had a pretty healthy body image because I was still playing sports. I played tennis, I played softball. But as I started getting sicker, I was no longer playing softball. Maybe I was able to make it to practice, but making a full game really never happened. I made it through the first three innings before I was stuck in the bathroom at um, the clubhouse. And it was Florida and it was hot and I was dehydrated and I was sick. And my mom just got to the point where she was like, maybe we'll just stick with tennis during the summer and you know, on the weekends or something, but this, this is too much for you and we don't know what's going on. And eventually it became to a point in high school where I was missing four out of five days of school. Or I make it three days on a good week, and then two days I was absent. But those two days could be Thursday, Friday, and then into the next Monday, Tuesday. So those three days of being in school, I was playing this constant game of catch-up and starving myself because I was petrified of eating at school. So I started having this disordered eating. And I'm not saying that I had an eating disorder, because I would eat sometimes when I was home, when I was hungry. But none of my doctors ever asked me about that. Eventually, my GI... My pediatric GI I was referred to said, you just need to force yourself to eat. That was the first inclination that he probably wasn't the best doctor for me. My, sec- my second inclination was once I was sent to him, things were just not feeling right. He never actually spoke to me. He kind of spoke at me and spoke to my parents a lot more. I was just a fixture in the room that he, I was a problem to him. And was a problem he couldn't solve. And eventually I was labeled as this hysterical teenage girl with, IBS and give her some Valium and calm her down. And maybe that'll calm her stomach down. And to a point it did looking back on it, a 15 year old probably shouldn't be on Valium. I'm 36 now, but unfortunately Valium seems to be one of the only things that happens to help slow things down for me. And now that I've progressed so much in my disease journey, I have chronic anxiety so it does help but I also have a really open and honest relationship with my general practitioner about how often I need my anti-anxiety meds and we have an agreement if I need it more than x amount of days per month I need to let her know so we can properly address if there's a bigger issue because addiction is a fear of mine and I think as long as it remains a healthy fear that's um, pretty good for me because the last thing I want to be is addicted on top of everything else but to get back to my diagnosis I, I was sick for my entire childhood missing school because of my stomach issues and I started college at 17 I didn't graduate until I was 23 I had to work around my digestive issues and I did and I graduated with honors and that's wonderful but I suffered. I I didn't get to have the true college experience because I always was working around my guts. And um, it's weird to say this, but it also um, made me hesitant about doing certain things in my life. Like I will never go camping because I fear not having plumbing. So being diagnosed at 25 gave me a sense of validity, but at the same time, anger that I went so long without a diagnosis, and I really don't know where my life would be today if I had been properly diagnosed. And the other problem is, even though I was diagnosed at 26, or actually at 25, 26, I still went another seven years untreated because I had doctors who did not know what to do with an IBD patient. So having the Crohn's diagnosis was one thing, I was not properly informed, I was not properly educated on my disease, and then I let it go another seven years. And when I say I let it go, yes, the doctors failed me, but I failed myself. I didn't get educated, I didn't find out what types of treatments were possible, and there was at least one possible back then. And I always wonder, the, the what if in my head, what could have happened with my life had I not? progressed and and figured out a a meaningful way of treatment. And I say that because um, in 2012 I was forced out of my job due to my health and forced to sell my house and all my worldly goods that I had at the young age of 26 acquired a house and a car and a full meaningful life, what I thought would be, and have it all swept away within four years because my disease became too powerful for me to control anymore without medication, without proper doctors. And so it brought me a sense of humility, which is nice. Sometimes I think we all need to be grounded if we feel like we're flying a little bit too close to the sun. But um, if I could go back and do some things different, I think I would.
0: I I don't think you're alone in that. Mm -hmm. I think we all have those touch points in our disease journey where we wonder if we had only realized something sooner. Yes. And so I don't know that there's really a lot that we can do about it because we all seem to have them. Yeah. And so you were going so long as a child and you went, how, how tall are you now?
1: I am barely five feet and I'm sure I've shrunk because at this point, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not ingesting calcium because I, I can't digest dairy very well. And I'm certainly not getting the amount of calcium or vitamin D that someone should because my labs say I'm deficient. So I would not be surprised if I went and got properly measured to have him say 411, 410 at this point.
0: I, uh, But I
1: think five is a nice even number. Well,
0: see, <laughs> this is something that I've just encountered recently because mm-hmm. I officially, I think my driver's license says that I'm 5'2 because I was 5'2. Yes. I haven't been properly measured in years and years because they typically don't do that with adults. And I went and got measured recently and i was five feet and a quarter inch Mm -hmm. so we're talking uh, uh, probably over an inch of compression yes so there's the potential to get even shorter which is super fun um and being on the small side uh in, in what you went through I identify with because was very similar to what happened to me was always very small and very thin getting older and then the body changing and then you're in your 20s yes. and then there's suddenly this spate of weddings and things that you're going to
1: and you're having to go and get measured for dresses yes so to backtrack a little bit um you know being a teenager and being underweight oftentimes you're rewarded for being skinny yes there's no other way to put it um i would cycle on and off of i would cycle on and off of steroids and the cycles were just enough to make me gain five pounds which on a small person can sometimes look healthy or not but for me, it would look healthy. Being on, on steroids, cycling on and off, I would notice the, the up and downs as a teenager, but I also never really had such a, a body image thing at that point where like I cared if there was five pounds. I really didn't. It wasn't until my 20s where I noticed like I would gain weight sometimes and I would lose it depending on the fluctuation of my disease, which I wasn't aware of at that point in time. I just thought people naturally just gained and, and lost weight. That being said, I also had thyroid disease according to my paperwork that went undiagnosed and and untreated. So you could tell times where I was hyperthyroid and I was hypothyroid along with the Crohn's disease. And that also worked in with my symptoms. Once I hit 30, I gained an additional 20 pounds. And I had one doctor, an endocrinologist, say to me, this is what happens when women hit 30. And I said, if you look at my labs, it explains why I gained the weight but explain to me how we fix this. And he could not. Right. Instead, I got the hysterical female patient label. And I was like, I don't need to deal with you. And I've, I've gone through many endocrinologists at this point because they don't know how to handle thyroid disease. They, they're better with diabetes. But at yeah. least admit it up front. We we'll would yeah. be appreciative. So yeah. I've fluctuated in weight since then. Like My metabolism has completely changed. My eating habits, due to this, this current flare that I'm in that started in 2012... I was a low carb eater. I was going to the gym one to two times a day. I literally woke up, went to the gym, went to work, came home, took a nap, did some work, and possibly went to the gym before bed because I was a horrible sleeper. And that also ties into to disease. But I was doing everything I could to exhaust myself so that I could at least get five hours solid sleep. Yeah. Um, but. Body wise, when I started gaining this weight, I was eating all carbs because those were the easiest things for me to digest and not be in pain. And so you do gain weight. There's, there's just no way not to gain weight for most people with sugar and flour and all that other fun stuff. So that being said, one of the first thoughts out of my mouth to a friend after my fiance popped the question was, holy, f- I have to buy a wedding dress and I hate myself right now. The second thing out of my mouth after I saw the pictures from the engagement was, holy f I can't believe I wore that. But it's not like I knew I was getting proposed to that day. Yeah. And I hate the pictures. And I pretty much did not want to go to my own engagement. So when I look at those pictures, I now see what reminds me of an unhealthy body image and something I struggle with because it's weight that I feel like it was out of my control. I don't overeat. I have disordered eating. I can go two days without eating. And the only time I'm hungry happens to be at two o'clock in the morning. And I'm so freaking hungry at that point that I need to eat something because otherwise I'm never going to sleep. And sleep is so, so, so important. I also don't sleep very well. So that all affects metabolism. So I thought I was covering all my bases when I went and set up my first appointment for wedding dress shopping. I was terribly terribly wrong Hey, this is Stephanie from the stolen colon I'm a mom of two young kids and I'm living with Crohn's disease and a permanent ileostomy I'm inviting you to be a part of the conversation on Twitter
0: for parents with IBD and parents of kids who have IBD Use the hashtag IBDmoms to join in and to get all of the info on our upcoming Twitter chats. While you're there, don't forget to follow me at SMLHughes and check out my blog at StolenColon.com. You were terribly wrong.
1: <sighs> yeah
0: because you weren't mentally prepared for this experience or because the people you were working with weren't prepared for you
1: I think it was the latter so I called the first shop that I was going to and I told them the dress that I was looking for and the size that I thought I was and I knew bridal sizes you don't they're, pay attention to the number they're crazy <laughs> you pay attention to the fit I knew to go into wedding dress shopping that I took out, needed to get measured and I needed an idea of what size to look at but I knew what style I wanted to try on first like it was an actual dress a model number and everything and the one thing that all of my friends told me was you're gonna go in wanting one dress and walk out with the other yeah. and I was completely prepared for that so I called the first shop and told them like we're sorry we don't have dresses in sizes in that dress in sizes over X Y and Z but this other store if you want to call them this is their number and I said cool so I did I scheduled an appointment with them anyway uh-huh. because I knew they'd have other dresses so I called store two and I explained to them my situation I have Crohn's disease um, I would prefer a dressing room that's closer to the restroom blah 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 uh, this is the size that I am in regular human clothing I don't know what that translates into bridal and do you have this dress that i would like to try on and they go yes we do all right so we get to clearwater uh which is this beautiful city in, in southwest florida and you know everything getting there is idyllic because you're, you're driving along the water and you know it just it felt like a good day and that's pretty much where my good day ended <laughs> so we walk in and we're greeted uh, by the people And it's uh, my fiance's best friend and my mom. We walk in and they set me up with the person. And she just, she had been there forever. She was a very lovely person. And she just did not seem to be enjoying her job. And maybe it was because it was like her first day back from vacation, but she just did not seem to be into it. So I told her what dress I was looking for and she found it for me, but she didn't give me the right size. And then she kept telling me that she didn't have anything in my size. I don't know at that point what my size was. I just know that she gave me dress after dress after dress that was at least four sizes too small. And so after the fourth dress that I tried on, it's one thing if you get a dress that's too big. They pin it to you, it looks beautiful because it's 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 pinned and contoured and you're just like, ooh, I can see what can be done. But supposedly this giant store that is known for their wedding dresses could not accommodate someone And she wasn't saying that it was a plus size. She was just saying, we don't have that size. What I later found out from the original store that I had called was, yes, they have that size. She just didn't measure you properly.
0: Okay, I I have quite a few things to say about this. Because first of all, when you go shopping as a maid or matron of honor or Mm -hmm. being in a bridal party or for your own wedding dress, You go in and you try on maybe something that you're not interested in yes. but you try on perhaps it is a similar style you want an empire waist you nice. want an off the shoulder whatever it is you want they find something mm-hmm. just to make sure that you can figure out um sizing or they might give you something a dress that you're not necessarily interested in but is made by the same designer mm-hmm. so that you can sort of get so this is where this is what is supposed to be done and what was done in your situation was she was just sounds like she was literally like flinging dresses over the cubicle wall at you and you were like none of these fit and they're not what I'm looking for and why am I here
1: so the one dress that I pointed out that I wanted to try was the one that I ended up buying at the other store how freaking ironic <laughs> um and so I have to say, when you have an IBD, it doesn't matter if it's Crohn's, it doesn't matter if it's ulcerative colitis. If you have a digestive disease, you know, do you have IBS and you are triggered because yeah. of stress, yeah. you need to consider what is the easiest apparatus for you to lift up. Absolutely. And do you want someone to help you in the bathroom? And my answer is no. I love my friends. I know some people offered. I like my privacy in the bathroom. I don't want assistance. So that was another thing that I had to consider with some of these dresses. They're beautiful, but a trumpet or a mermaid is not conducive for someone who needs no. easy access to use the restroom. It's, it's just not how it's going to work. And to even save my sanity, I tried one on. The other day, even though I bought my dress, I still need a day two dress because that's we're we're splitting the ceremony up from the reception. We're doing two days so that just in case I'm not feeling well, I can manage for a couple hours day one, a couple hours day two. I, I tried it on just to see and no, I felt very pinned and there was no way that you can lift that in an emergency manner and lifted in such a way that you're not going to get grossness on it somehow. So...
0: And by yourself. Yes. So this alone. is something for anyone with a uh, yeah. digestive disease to, to consider or even I think for any bride because Mm -hmm. it is a stressful no matter what you do is a stressful time in your life and you could be experiencing problems at that time i have been i I have been the person to hold a dress while someone else went to the bathroom i have no issue i am Mm -hmm. one of the people that offered to do it for you (laughs) yes (laughs) um i've done it (laughs) in the past i'm fine with it um but also uh if you're wearing a big dress even waiting um to get it bustled that can take quite a long time so even if you were thinking okay I'll, i'll get it bustled up And then I can use the bathroom by myself. You may have to wait. Somebody may need a crochet hook to get you into it or out of it. Mm -hmm. These are very important considerations because a lot of the dresses are not Let's be honest. They're made to look good. They're made for that day. Um, Designers are not necessarily thinking about the fact that a person wearing it might need some accommodation yeah so as you're dress shopping mm-hmm. these are the things that you need to think about Absolutely. and you were very upfront from the very beginning yes. with both stores with actually. both stores yes. and there was it sounds like well we didn't get to the second store but yeah. the first store there wasn't anyone there who said okay and th- this is something that i think if you go to a bridal shop mm-hmm the people that work there need to look at you Mm -hmm. your who you are where you're coming from not just what kind of dress you want but Mm -hmm. how that dress is going to affect you on your day you told them what the issue was and the woman didn't immediately say okay well why don't we find you something that has a little more room so that you could lift it up uh, by yourself, that like you said, like wasn't a mermaid or something like that, mm-hmm. but also didn't have maybe a big train, something like that. They could have had five, ten dresses lined up for you to try on in that manner, had they been doing their job properly.
1: Had she been doing her job properly, she would have given me the bigger size dress, exactly, and then clipped it. So she basically said, "You're not gonna want it. You're not gonna want a mermaid. You're not gonna want." the trumpet, and I said, okay, so I guess we're going with um, sheath, A-line, or on um, pure waist, and right. ball gown. Right. That's fine. But she kept giving me four dress sizes, too small. Yeah. So to preface, what I just <laughs> found out was that one dress size could be 10 to 20 pounds. So she was giving me Four sizes too small I'm not joking that's someone who's 80 pounds less than me so god bless her for thinking that I'm not that small <laughs> or not because it was insulting and I walked out of there with the worst body image because even though I knew that I needed a bigger size she kept making it sound like they didn't have the bigger size and let's just put it out there I'm a size 12 or 14 for the wedding dresses but we went with 16 for two purposes My wedding's almost a year away. We don't know what's gonna happen. I could end up on steroids. So we went bigger, it'll get made, and a wedding dress can be reduced four sizes. Yes. Up to four sizes, or it can be let out three inches. Yay. Right. So the size that I wound up getting fits me. It'll fall a little, but we can reduce it if I lose more weight, which is my goal, and I'm actively working toward it because I happen to be feeling better, and I can eat some more vegetables, and less carbs and less sugar and less flour. (laughs) Hooray. But I don't have to feel the pressure if I don't lose any more weight that I'm still going to be happy in the dress that I I purchased. Um, The other good thing about the person that I had at store number two was that she paid attention to my body size. She paid attention to what I said I had in my mind as far as a style, like what material I wanted lace. We stuck to that. And she really, really worked with me to understand how the dress works, where it can be taken in, what we can do. And also she was like, and asked the Google box what a bride does. And I said, so funny. You should mention that because before I came to this appointment, I found a diagram, which is very easy to find on Pinterest and on any search engine about how someone who's wedding dress shopping can use a trash bag to help lift their dress up if in case of an emergency and there's instructions and there's actually a BuzzFeed video which I thought was hilarious because they put on an old dress from Goodwill and demonstrated different positions on the toilet so I'm too short to do that in most standard toilets in a public bathroom so I also have to know my limits and there's a couple of apparatuses out there that you wear as a slip and then when you need to do the deed you just boop, and then you pull up and cinch it and it it, like ties up around your neck.
0: The the slip ties up around your neck. Yes, ma'am. So you're so you're lifting up the slip from under your dress. Uh-huh. It's covering
1: your dress. Yes, it was on Shark Tank. And then you're. Uh And there's a couple variations of it. So I I believe I'm going to invest in it. And I think it will be one of the best investments. And then probably when I'm done with it, I will do a giveaway or something on one of our pages for for the next Lucky Bride. It was
0: on Shark Tank. I'm going to look it up and put it in the show notes. Now, here's the
1: funny thing. Um, My my rep mentioned that she didn't believe that um, her company had wanted to purchase it and have it in store because they felt that it was a turn off to customers. And I'm like, I know a lot of females with a lot of digestive issues, and we all could use something like that sometimes. And having that, if it was in the store, I would have bought it that day.
0: Well, here's the thing. Every time that I've been dress shopping, mm-hmm. um, and that has been... Now, I didn't shop for my own wedding dress. My wedding dress was made. Mm-hmm. And to your point about taking in and letting out and all Mm -hmm. of this, I was married in a a Renaissance Mm -hmm. style dress and it laced up the back.
1: Yeah, so I did try on one of those um, because it was recommended to me by both the bad clerk and the good clerk, yeah. that the, one of the best things to do for someone who has fluctuating weight due to whatever health concern is having a tied back. And she's like, if there's any dress that has a zipper, we can always alter and add the corset. She's like, let's try a dress you don't like, but I just want you to see what the corset felt like. Right. Um, it did not work for me. And maybe because the dress was too big, it might've been that my torso is too short, but I felt very claustrophobic in it. Yeah. It was yeah. not, it was not the right fit for me, but that helped alleviate the what if for later on, like what if I made the wrong decision. So,
0: Uh, you know, I agree with that approach. I think sometimes you have to go down the wrong path to know that you're on the right path. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's go through. So we know now what went wrong with the first one and how that could, that day could have been saved. Had someone been a little more compassionate with you.
1: And clerk too did save it. She found the dress. The one that I called the store the first time about that sent me to the second store she found it in the proper size so she goes we're going to try that dress on first because this is your true size and I just want she goes this is not the right dress for you I'm telling you this now but I want you to see it on you and I want you to just say it is or it isn't because she goes maybe you'll love it But she goes I just don't think it's she goes the one that the second one you wanted to try on that's the one I think you're going to walk out with she was right she absolutely was I tried on the first dress you saw it Yeah. and it fit And I was happy as a clam, but I just was like, ooh, this color does not go with my skin complexion. And I'm not going to plan on having a tan to make a dress look better. So that mixed that dress. But I felt so much better after, like, the it was, again, after my diagnosis, having vindication that I was right. The style fit. It was flattering. But it just, the color did not work. So that dress went out. Tried on the other dress. Again, it fit. And when she zipped it up all the way, Again, like all the angst I had on Wednesday, by that Saturday, gone.
0: Right. So you found someone that saved the process for you. She made it enjoyable. She made it enjoyable. And it should be enjoyable. Mm -hmm. I kind of don't care what your issues are. Um, What if you had severe mobility issues, things like that. You can't tell me that there aren't brides that come in Mm -hmm. with of all sizes and having all different situations that need to be accommodated so uh, you know it's really a shame that this first place didn't help you because I I don't think that you were asking for a lot
1: no I thought I was doing the right thing going to the one store early and at least trying on that other dress which I knew I could always order if other dresses didn't work out but it put me in such a bad headspace for four days. I walked into store number two that Saturday with even though my friends were in a good mood, I was not. I did not want to be there. No. I did not want to do this. I'm like, maybe I should wait another three months. And they're like, it takes six months to build some of these dresses. It does. Which yeah. I find ridiculous, but I guess they're made to order and to, you know, well, fine.
0: if you have the beading put on or whatever mm-hmm. and they're hand sewing it and things like that, it, yeah, it can get very... I think with a dress, you give it as much time as you can, mm-hmm. but you have to also be mindful of in our situation where your weight can fluctuate um pretty severely and you don't have a lot of control over it or sometimes any control over it yeah that was that
1: was also a huge anxiety like am i buying it too soon what happens i was like what happens if that you know i'm 36 i'm gonna be 37 what if my metabolism changes again what if i become severely hypothyroid and i just can't lose any weight, but I can't, I can't put it in perspective like that. We're just going to have to go with it and see what happens.
0: Well, I think you've taken, I think you've taken every precaution that you could in order to try to make sure (laughs) (laughs) that I ate today and
1: enjoyed immensely. But we are walking around a lot. We're
0: walking around a lot. (laughs) It's a stressful um, environment. It's good stress. Mm -hmm. But as I learned from our friend, Dr. Taft, that, good and bad stress activates the same places in your brain Mm -hmm. so it can act on your body very similarly so even though we're here and we're um doing a lot of great things and we have a lot of great great events going on it's still a certain amount of stress not to mention the you know flying from one coast to the other which two of us both did yeah so um, I had an experience where I was a uh, maid of honor. Okay. I was a maid of honor at that time. And because I was not in the same town as the dress shop, they asked for my measurements oh, and we that. measured and they did not believe uh-huh. my measurements. Uh-huh. So when I got there, they were measuring me over and over and over again. And the problem is, is because I was 100 pounds soaking wet, mm-hmm. but because my abdomen was distended, my measurements were not what would be considered typical because yes. of the pan colitis. Yeah. So that happened to you as well?
1: Similar. So I got measured by a seamstress up in Tampa. My best friend was getting married in South Florida. That's three hours away. And she decided that we were going to rent the dresses from her godfather's oh, wedding shop. Oh, no. And what I quickly realized, what um, an ancient seamstress considers for her measurements is not necessarily what regular bridal shops consider for their measurements. Yeah. And they did not translate the same. Oh. And I was body shamed. Oh. Like, she was throwing the, uh, the, the sandals at me. Like, you can, and the woman barely spoke English, but she got out, oh, you can't wait! Yelled it yeah. out throughout the whole store. Oh no! Mind you, I had only been on prednisone for two weeks at that point, because I still wasn't treated properly for my disease. But I yeah. had gained ten pounds. Yeah. And I didn't feel like I had gained ten pounds because my clothes, Close, was, clothes my clothes fit. were fitting. Yeah. But that dress was not zipping. No. Oh my. Oh gosh. yes. So I did not eat for another three weeks because that was when the wedding was so i lived off of cheerios and water basically so
0: i'm going to say um there was only once where i was uh, in a bridal party and we rented the dresses Mm -hmm. that was not great for a person with ibd so i would recommend if you could steer clear of that 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 would be better because that was a that was a big problem ideally for your your bridal party you want to find a dress that works for everybody and and looks good on a variety Mm of uh, body types unless you're someone who all of their uh, bridal party looks the same, right? which almost never appears to be the case. Renting dresses Mm -hmm. limits you. I guess monetarily it's helpful. It
1: wasn't. It was the same price. It was the same? When we we sat down and did the numbers, it was the same price I felt like it was the same. And they were the same dresses. And
0: and bridesmaids' dresses are, uh, they're usually pretty inexpensively made Uh and they, you know, they do that because they know that you have to... It's a significant investment being in your friend's wedding and everything. Yeah, I, yeah, I felt like the rental dresses were not, um, were not that much less expensive, and yet you had this added situation where you were limited in terms of if your body changed at all.
1: Yes, because there were only so many dresses in each size. Right. Yeah, yeah. and if all the bridesmaids were around the same size... So thankfully she was able to give me one size bigger and then size it down size for it me. Down. But yeah. when they do the alterations for rentals, they're not permanent, not permanent so that they can break the seam. So I basically walked around for four hours, afraid I was gonna pop a seam because exactly. I knew it was a seamstress stitch. So yeah. basically once we got to the reception, we were all instructed to take off the dresses and change into other clothing so that they could be packaged back up to go back to the store. So that was that was fine. But just the whole body shaming in the middle of the store and like I'm sure I wasn't the only person that that's ever happened to but that's how she treated me
0: oh no it's I, I, I think it's happened almost every time even when I was painfully thin mm-hmm. um, it still happened because my body measurements were not what they expected it mm-hmm. to be for um, what I was and also being so being so petite yeah um, the dresses were often too long and yeah. would have to be taken up Always. a lot so my dress always needed a lot of work yes and Uh short-waisted so my dress needed more work than perhaps others did and and kind of got a little bit of um, uh, what's the word Um, a little bit more more. shade from the the seamstress because she would have to work more (laughs) on my dress there's a lot of difficulty Mm -hmm. there's a lot of difficulty in almost everything involved with IBD but when you do have this wonderful event coming you're getting married and you're looking forward to buying a dress I think perhaps there's so much uh, pressure and emotion tied up in finding the right dress what would you tell brides your top tips of things that they can do Mm -hmm. to make sure that their dress shopping experience is a little bit better and that they find a dress that's going to work for them on their wedding day and not impede them.
1: Yeah. So I thought when I started this process that I was handling it the same way that I handle patient advocacy for when a new patient comes to me and says, I need to know what I'm supposed to do when I go to this new appointment. I, I really treated it pragmatically, but because this was new to me, I had some rookie mistakes, admittedly. And I let things get out of control and I didn't advocate for myself. I kind of fell into myself and wallowed and I didn't speak up. So therefore, my mom didn't pick up on the cues and my fiance's best friend didn't pick up on the cues until it was too late. And we were too far into the process of me being like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. I just, I can't believe we're doing this. So the first thing that I would tell someone to do is to go online and to look up how to go to the restroom with a wedding dress. Mm -hmm. And this will give you some mental images because there are diagrams, there's cute little cartoons, and there's some videos from news producers out there that they've actually gone through the process because they were curious about themselves and realized there's not a lot of content out there, which is why I'm really glad that we're doing this. So the second thing I recommend doing is know what style you want, but then consider is it worth it being trapped in that dress or being reliant on someone to a unzip you every time you need to slip out of it to go to the restroom and b come in when you're ready for them to zip you back up or unfortunately you could risk soiling yourself because there's some people who don't have a lot of control I've been lucky in the fact that 99 percent of the time I have control and I have enough time and warning signs that I know when to listen to my body and go but This is a different stress situation, and IBS is in the picture along with IBD. So put those two together, and it can be a mean little monster sometimes. So I I really did not feel comfortable with going with, as I would have loved a form-fitting dress. I absolutely would have, especially after obsessing over Say Yes to the Dress for the last two years, because it's, (laughs) it's one of my guilty pleasure shows. But I knew for my own mental good that I needed to find a looser fitting dress so that I could manage things on my own and feel like I'm in control. One of my issues is not feeling like I'm in control of a situation. So I needed to put myself in in control with that. So really, that's one of my biggest recommendations is look at it, see if you love it, and love it and can you lift it.
0: So (laughs) I think you want to find the dress that's going to be right for you mentally, but then you've also got to have that dose of reality in there because you cannot mm-hmm. predict how are you going to feel on that day. You've never...
1: I've never been married. Never before. been married
0: before. No. Never had a wedding before. You've never been in these circumstances before. And quite honestly, a lot of brides, healthy brides, mm-hmm. have problems on the day. And there's reasons for that. And anyone who's ever gotten married, <laughs> they're slightly different. Yeah, but mostly all on a theme. You're Mm -hmm. dealing with a lot of vendors. You've never thrown a party for 200, 300 people before. Even if you have a planner, there's tons of decisions to be made. You're not used to making all of these decisions. Mm -hmm. Then you are having family and friends, whether they're doing it knowingfully or accidentally, they're putting pressure and circumstances towards you that you are not used to dealing with. Sometimes it brings out difficulties in relationships. Yes. I'm saying sometimes. I think pretty much all of the time.
1: There's gonna be people snapping at one another. It's it's almost undoubtedly gonna happen.
0: Yeah, it's gonna happen and something, I'm just gonna put it out there, something Mm -hmm. will go wrong on the day and my best advice would be to make sure that you have at least one person not your fiance Mm -hmm. you have at least one person not your mother (laughs) and not his mother or her mother depending on you know your circumstance one person that is going to be that problem solver for you you're going to need that person you're going to do everything that you can and you you've made the decision you want to be able to get to the bathroom and get in and out of your dress on your own if it just so happened that something went wrong, you're gonna want that person next to you who's gonna help you solve the problem, who's gonna be ready, who understands you, and who's gonna be prepared to help you solve that problem should it come, and then yes. when you walk out of the bathroom, everybody's got a smile on their face, nothing to see here, let's move along, everybody. Move Absolutely. along, Move along,
1: yep. so. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm lucky in the fact that one of my girlfriends from college is an event planner, so she's flying in a couple days early to help my mom and basically run quarterback for all the stuff that we can't do when right. the time comes. So she's, she's stepping in and then I have like six friends and family members with IBD. Yeah. So I, I feel like, you know, in, in terms of people cool. who understand my plight, I'm right. actually extremely lucky. Right. So I'm going to be surrounded by basically all females and one male with IBD, but he doesn't count. He's out of the equation. <laughs> he's a groomsman. He, he's just, he's there for, he's there for Matt, not me. Well, and, yeah. and you
0: know, your, your fiance mm-hmm. needs that support as well. Yep. Because at least on that day, yep. um, you Oh, he's going to
1: be in and out of the bathroom too. His IBS is off the charts. Well, that's some days. the thing
0: is, is, is that, you know, I, I guess I don't know as much about grooms, but yeah. they're dealing with the same um, stresses yeah. and pressures, and perhaps they might not be feeling very well that day either. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, you, you know, we put a lot on this on, on, on your wedding day. So it can be very stressful, and that can affect you in a negative way, mm-hmm. um, especially if you do have some people around you who are perhaps not as supportive. And I think almost everybody has that too,
1: Yeah, you know, no matter what you do. Yeah.
0: Thanks for sitting down with me in this, um, in the convention hall here. Yeah. (laughs) And talking about
1: (laughs) weddings in Vegas, but not a wedding in Las Vegas.
0: Oh. (laughs) You know, they used to have a Star Trek hotel here. It's, it had closed. We stayed
1: there <gasps> for one of, the, one of the last trade shows that, that I did with did? my old company. Yeah. So
0: when it opened, and I don't remember when it was, I think I'd only been married a few years, mm. and we talked about, oh, at some point for one of our anniversaries, we have to come back. I think it was the
1: Palms, or it was the Flamingo, which at that point was no longer a Hilton. They were just the Flamingo, mm. and the Star Trek theme was all the slot machines, and then they had the bridge. Captain's well, they Bridge. did weddings.
0: I knew that they yeah. did weddings because we, because Mike and I talked about going and getting married mm-hmm. and getting remarried in it. And that's one thing, too, planning for like, oh, at five years or 10 years or whatever, yeah. we're going to re- redo our vows. But, you know, in our circumstance, it was, you know, a couple of times it was I V D got in the way, yeah. you know, and then pregnancy and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. All good things. But um, we never did make it to, <laughs> to Vegas to get remarried.
1: You still so. got time.
0: I know, maybe for 20, I'm coming up on um, 19 years this year. So uh, I guess I better start thinking about that if we're going to renew yeah. our vows at uh, 20 years.
1: That would be fun.
0: That would be fun.
1: Hmm. things to consider. Things to consider. Yes. We're
0: putting our pinkies to our face. <laughs> Austin Powers, yes. thinking about it. All right. Thanks, girl. And to be continued. We'll keep yeah. touching in and talking about what's going on with the wedding plan yeah. because um, your life is interesting.
1: <laughs> it is. Stuff Not always happens. in a good way. Stuff, stuff ha- happens. It does, but I, I like to make the best of what I've been given. Just take the lemonade and the vodka. I
0: think you do. Yeah. Sometimes after the fact when you tell me like what happened with the dresses and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm really in awe of the grace with which you dealt with the situation Aww. because I would not have handled it as well.
1: I, I was surprised I didn't walk out in tears. Yes. Um, but I allowed myself my, my little pity party. Yeah. And I wallowed a little bit and I vented to you guys yeah. right away. Yeah. And then um, I snapped myself out of it and I said, I need to not go in. I still went in angry, but I think because <laughs> I, I did vent and I didn't yeah. let it, it simmer and yeah. build like a pressure cooker.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, that even though I went in angry Saturday, I, once I met the consultant or right. the clerk, right. she started putting my fears at ease. Right. And she measured me and she got me prepared and she said, I got you and you're walking out of here with a dress. And, it, you know, I'm sure she says it to all of her brides and I'm sure there are brides who walk out. I watched that show. They're yeah. the ones that walk in. If I don't find my dress at blah, blah, blah store, I'm never finding it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That happens. But when she said what she said to me, I felt sincerity. And I did. I walked out with the dress.
0: And she was good at her job. She
1: was. And we all, when we all screamed pockets, we knew that was the dress. <gasps> pockets. Your dress has pockets? My dress has pockets. Oh, that's so
0: fun mine did not have pockets why didn't we think of that at the time I don't know but I
1: highly recommend pockets because I'm always fidgeting and looking for something you know to what? stick my hands in
0: not, o- not only that but <laughs> being able to put a package of wet wipes or tissues in one of those pockets I would tissues. not go amiss
1: I wanted tissues because I didn't want to be the bride who's taking the handkerchief out of her boobs because with <laughs> my luck my dress will be like and then my <laughs> boob is just popped out and I think that's a really good way to end this <laughs>
0: No boo popping. None. All right.
1: To be continued. Thanks,
0: Jamie. Thanks. Hi, are you still here? How much do I love you for making it to the end of the episode? I hope you enjoyed this look inside our brains and what goes on as we're shopping for wedding dresses or bridesmaids' dresses or basically any kind of dress at all. Jamie did the right thing. She came right out and told these dress shops what was going on and what her challenges were. And one of them decided to not listen to her and the other decided to work with her. And then guess who got the sale? So it's not hopeless. There's always something that you can do. And it starts with communication. Thanks so much for listening. You can find all of Jamie's social media information in the show notes, as well as a link to her blog, Pretty Rotten Guts, and her YouTube channel, Chronicles. As always, you can find me pretty much everywhere as About IBD. And until next time, remember, I want you to know more about IBD.